The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish, Frank Stample here on the show as we got you until 1 o'clock on the East. A lot of baseball back in the picture, both in Florida and in Arizona very soon. No stranger to that is our next guest, former big league catcher J.P. Aaron Sebia, of course, played with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, so we're going to talk to him about that. Now he does broadcasting for Fox, both on the pro side and on the college side. J.P., thanks for coming on the show. Craig and Frank, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, ready for baseball to get started. I hate uh, the off season a lot, especially. I don't know why. Since I got done playing, I actually hate it even more because I'm like, man, I I just want baseball to come around. Yeah, I know we all feel that way. Um, let's start off. Uh, you know, first of all, I know the two teams that you. I I mean, listen, maybe you have other opinions too. I'd love to get your opinions on everything, honestly. But the two teams that I know that you have the most association with at this point is, of course, the team that you played so well for, the Toronto Blue Jays, for many years at catcher, and then the Marlins. We can get into it a little bit, perhaps, and then maybe talk some catching as well. Um, let's start off with the Blue Jays, because to me, that's one of the more polarizing teams in the off season. They have that nice young core of young players, and uh, and JP, they went out there and spent a lot of money to bring in a pitcher. And bring in a pitcher in Hunjin Ryu. So, uh, I want to start off with asking you the direction as to where you think the Blue Jays are headed at this point. Well, I think that I think that they obviously are headed, you know, up in the sense of what they went out there and did. You can only talk about it for so long, as far as you know, we have a plan and and there's young guys coming up. But at some point, those young guys need to have a team that's going to help them uh, win because. They need pitching, and that was the one thing for me that I thought that they had to address in the offseason was pitching because, as we know it, we, there's some horses in the AL East. Boston was down last year, but I don't think they're going to be down for much. And, and you have Atlanta – Atlanta, geez. Uh, you have Tampa and New York who have had phenomenal years. And so that's a tough division to be in, especially if you're uh, going to try to compete. So I think position player-wise, they got – young players and they got really, really good nucleus. Now the pitching part was the scary part for me. You go out and get Ryu. 
I think that's a huge signing. Can he stay healthy? I think that's been an issue with him before. He, you know, when he's healthy, he's really good. He's proved that last year, but he gets banged up. Um, they went out and got Tanner Rourke, which I think was a – they had to overpay him to get him to Toronto. Uh, but he's been, you know, serviceable starter, and so he competes. They got Chase Anderson in the trade. So they got some guys that I believe that can help them uh, win games. Ryan Barucki, if he's healthy, that's another thing. He's a he's a super, super good starter. I think he's a, a top three starter when he's healthy, but he's continued to be banged up. And then Matt Shoemaker, is he going to be able to bounce off of the – the ACL surgery because last year he was on pace. He had a phenomenal start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, JP Aaron Sebi is with us. Uh, JP in the American League East, uh, we're waiting on a, a trade to be consummated here with uh, with Mookie Betts. Boy, what what a what an interesting trade here. The Red Sox basically trading their franchise player, one of the top five players in the game. What what did you make of that when you heard it? Is this good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Is it just kind of where we're at? Well, I, I think you have to look at the track record of, of the decision-maker, right? The decision-maker is coming from Tampa and Hein Bloom. And Tampa is a, is a team that, that thinks less is more in a sense. And then you go to Boston, obviously you have a higher payroll. But one of the things that you heard about, uh, you know, Dombrowski is that he spent too much and he paid a lot of money and he overpaid. And um, so I, I imagine that that was something that they needed to cut ties with and now you have Heim, who's in control of, of this organization, much as Andrew Friedman was when he came from Tampa, and they go to they go to bigger salaries and 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 a, a, you know a bigger fund that they can work with, and then they start knocking pieces off to make the team what they want to make it. You know, obviously it seemed like Mookie wasn't going to be signing a bet or a signing a, a a deal, and so you know, do you get rid of him? And I think they got rid of him. It's crazy to me that they, that they did. And I think even David Price was a crazy thing, but it seems like the Dodgers every year surprise people with what they do. And I, I mean, already a good team, I think just got so much better. So yeah, the it's weird that they made the trade, but you got to tip your hat, I think, to, to the Dodgers for kind of going after it again. Hey, JP, Frank Stanfield here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to ask you about Jorge Alfaro, obviously the starting catcher for the Miami Marlins. He made huge strides offensively in 2019, still just 26 years old. Uh, hits the ball incredibly hard. He hit 18 home runs last year. He cut the strikeout rate by 3% as well. I wanted to ask you, has there been any talk about him raising the launch angle? We hear that a lot in baseball nowadays uh, where people are trying to lift the ball more, and I noticed that he still does hit a lot of ground balls. That is Jorge Alfaro again. If he raised his launch angle a little bit, we could see this guy hit 20, maybe even 25 home runs. Has there any been any talk of Jorge Alfaro uh, potentially uh, increasing that launch angle heading into 2020? You know, what's funny is, is you know, I don't – first off, it, it, if you were to have that conversation with the player and, and you asked him to raise his launch angle, he'd probably question and go, what the heck does that mean in a sense of guys <laughs> – guys, and I've I've had many conversations with a lot of these guys – and. And it's not as much as like, hey, are you trying to change your launch angle as much as like, hey, let's get the ball in the air more. And and because of let's getting the, let's get the ball in the air more, then the byproduct of that is you're going to have, you know, more home runs because you, but the the launch angle stuff, I, I think, as far as for players is kind of a is kind of they don't really understand it as much as I'm sure they understand it, but it's not like 
you take a swing and you're like, well, I got to raise it to 29% and you're working that on the cage. You just try to get the ball in the air more. And then it's a byproduct. I think Jorge Alfaro, when he continues to get better and learn, because right now he's still aggressive, but once he starts to have a better game plan and a better approach, because the, the, the ability is there. When you hit a ball, I mean, you watch him take batting practice. This guy hits balls as far as anybody can hit a baseball. And so when guys that are that strong, when they miss hit balls, it's still a home run. So when he learns that he can maybe step off the gas a little bit and have a better plan and try less in a sense, you'll see a guy like that take off. I think it's, it's a good opportunity for him. He has a great, great mentor in Francisco Cervelli, who was a guy who, when he came up, was never considered an offensive hitter himself. He was more of a defensive-minded first guy, and then all of a sudden made himself into a pretty good offensive player, and that's why he's had a you know a, a great career. So I think that that's something also where you know Jorge Alfaro's around the guy like that who had to make these adjustments and became more of an offensive catcher than I mean he was always very good defensively, but he his offensive game you know took a, a step up. And I think that's something that you can see. And, and I think that's something Jorge Alfaro can benefit from. J.P. Aaron Sebia is with us. He's also a big fantasy fan on the football side. He was in our college football fantasy draft this year. So he kind of knows what we're looking for here. Let's end with this one, J.P., last couple minutes. Um, from the catching perspective in what we're trying to accomplish here in fantasy, I know you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand it totally or completely. Maybe you do. I don't know. Um, we know Real Muto is at the top. We know JT. You know him. I know him very well, too. Who who are the next best catchers in baseball for you at this point? Everyone knows the names of Sanchez and Contreras and and some of these other ones, Garver came on last year. Is there someone that you could throw out there that you think that, hey, this is a kid or someone that I know that I'd really like to see take that next step or somebody in that upper echelon of catchers? Well, I think one one guy that is going to be a dude, and you look out west, is Will Smith. I mean, he, he came up last year and, and put it on fire and had a great uh, you know season. Obviously, Garver is, is, has done a great job, but it, I, what I like about Will Smith is he's always been, again, a defensive-minded catcher, grinded through the minor leagues, and then started figuring out some things offensively and has taken off. And I think those guys that have to go through that kind of development to become a better hitter stay better hitters as opposed to the guy that flies through the minor leagues, offensive-minded, gets to the big leagues, and stuff kind of goes out of control, and then they don't know what to do. I think that that's something uh, that – benefits will smith and so i i think he is a guy who you have to keep your eyes on uh because it, a full season with that team with that lineup uh, obviously you know how, how important having guys around you and guys on base and all that stuff to your stats i think will smith is definitely a guy uh that may be under the radar but i don't know how much longer he's going to be under the radar mm, good point jp aaron Seba, you can follow him on twitter at jp aaron Seba 9 Catch him on television, on Fox Sports, and also on Yahoo Sports in Canada. Does a great job. One of the really great budding broadcasters, I think, in uh, in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, thank you so much, JP, for coming on. I'll catch you on Saturday, I'm assuming, at, uh, at the Fan Fest. And thank you again. We look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. JP Aaron Sebia with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. 
Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.